Unica, Circumpolar Waves, an ICC podcast. Hello, I'm Madeleine Alekarelek, your host for this edition of Unicat, Circumpolar Waves. Welcome to our special series of podcasts for the ICC Inuit Artist of the Month. On the first Thursday of every month in 2023, we'll hear from one of the 12 winners. And that's thanks to funding by the Department of Canadian Heritage, Indigenous Language Component. Each artist is provided a bursary to further their art. Today, our guest is Priscilla Boulay. She's originally from Tuktuyaktuk over in the Inuvialuit settlement region. She is third generation carver. She works with soapstone, walrus ivory, muskox horn, caribou antler, and baleen, making traditional Inuit carvings and jewelry. Her unique style of carving stems from her views and experiences of Inuvialuit traditional life, growing up on the coast of the Arctic Ocean on the Beaufort Sea. Congratulations, Priscilla, and welcome to you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be wow. here. <laughs> I'm so happy to meet you. And I love uh, hosting these podcasts because uh, I'm introduced to people I've never met before. And uh, I'm, so, I'm so happy to meet you. Yes, you too. Mm -hmm. Now, you come from a huge line of carvers in your family. Let's start there. What generation are you in the carving family? I'm third generation. My grandpa was carving and he then taught his children and then my mom and uncles taught my generation. Now I'm teaching the fourth generation who are my daughters. That seven is and incredible. Nine. Wow, that's amazing. And how many carvers in your family? So far there's 13, but we're counting more with the fourth generation. <laughs> That is amazing. And so how did you get started? Like what inspired you to? What made you want to sit down with carving tools? So I remember when I was young, I say I was three because my uncle gave me this little stone to sand and that's where it all started. Then growing up around it, like you pick up a stone here, answer there, and then your teenage years, you're more into it, you see tourists coming in, and this summer gig is going on, you're like, you make your carving, you go sell it, and then it just happens all summer long. Then when I moved to Calgary, and my youngest was born, I wanted to stay home and provide for her, and then I thought, maybe I should start carving again, so I did a few here and there but it's hard when they're so young like you can't do it mm -hmm. full time so mm -hmm. I started off slowly and then that was seven years ago when she went into preschool I was getting more into it and then now she's in grade two and I'm carving full time and <laughs> that's amazing so Tuktuyaktuk, I know, is very well known around the world for their artists. What's your family's name? Like, what, which family do you come from My that family way? name is Taylor Pokiak. Okay, the Pokiaks are very well known. Oh, so nice to meet another one. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up uh, in Tuktuyaktuk, what materials uh, were commonly used uh, for carving? 
So my grandpa used mainly antlers, bones, yeah, antlers and bones mainly. He never used soapstone. Like his carvings okay. just have caribou antler, whale bone. And so having moved to Alberta from Duk Duyaktuk, um, how difficult or not is it to get um, the material you need for your carving uh, in your full-time life of a carver? Yes, okay. it's mm -hmm. a bit of a challenge with shipping and the cost of shipping. But my family mm -hmm. and friends send it to me and that really, really helps a lot. When my mom comes mm -hmm. down or when we have friends coming, they just put it yeah. in the back of their truck and he drives it down. <laughs> and so um, describe your art, describe your, what is your style? I mean, Inuit artists have particular styles. What is yours? For more traditional scenes, like we do scenes of hunting, fishing, walking, drum dancing, and then we do different kind of wildlife around the region. We do polar mm -hmm. bears, muskox, belugas. I do a lot of belugas. It's my favorite thing to carve. And so what when you're carving, it seems to me that you would be out of context being in your in your home in Alberta and yes. home for you is so far away. But those memories stay with you, um, no doubt here, right? Eh? Yes, they do. I do a lot of memory scenes of my grandpa when he's fishing and when he took us fishing. Mine carving I just sold recently, it was a tiny, well, we do tiny, but I do tiny miniature ones. The one okay. that I'm talking about now, he was, it's of a white alabaster stone and he's walking with just a sled and the tools he needs to go fishing. And wow. it's really like, I remember seeing him walking across the ice while we're going to school. <laughs> and so where, where do your carvings end up? So I've sold to Australia, France, a lot in the US. And then I have some galleries in Banff, Toronto, Calgary. Banff, Toronto, Calgary, and Niagara Falls. I have some of my work in. That's so inspiring to hear when Inuit um, succeed in, in this aspect. Um, and I'm hoping you could tell us more about starting Inuvialuit Carvers. What is that? So when I thought I should go full-time and my daughter was in school, I'm wondering, we did a couple of Christmas markets and there were tiny ones in the little communities around Calgary and area. They came to me, they said, this stuff is really high end. Like you really should consider going into the big markets and that's where your stuff will sell. So I looked into it and the applications was the slots that says applicant name, um, website or company name and I thought well I'm gonna have to come up with a company and it took like a month for me to figure out what I'm gonna name it because I didn't want it to be um, too out of place where when they look at the name they're gonna think well I know that region or I want them to like remember this name and so I came up with Inuvialuit Carvers because we're Inuvialuit and then there's so many carvers in our family that I wanted to represent and, and try to take out that middleman 
where we go to galleries. So I asked my family if they want me to sell their stuff for them at the Christmas markets. So that's when I put the company name in the application. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And how was the response or how has the response been? Yes, I did promoting a lot of it over social media. And okay. then that's where they started tagging me and things like in valley covers when people are looking for things they tag me and i'm like yay <laughs> they remember that's me. amazing <laughs> <laughs> now on your website priscilla you have a portfolio page and it says that uh, right on top uh, you say which of your favorite pieces are uh, or they're your favorite pieces you've done so far and it looks like you love earrings like I do. And uh, Inuit, I've, I'm finding are amazing earring makers. Um, both the earrings you make um, um, hang and, and the studded ones. And I'd love to own a pair. So I'm going to work towards that for Christmas. <laughs> Tell me about your love for earrings. <laughs> so one day I was taking a break from carving and it's like, you have all these multiple projects on the go and I was holding a muskox horn and I thought I should try to make a pair of earrings and the first pair of earrings that I made was muskox horn with beluga whale tails and they sold so fast I'm like wow mm -hmm. maybe you should try make another thing and then it was another thing and it just kept going on and I really got interested in exploring more materials so that was muskox horn to start with and then somebody asked well can i have the same shape in black and i'm like well black what can i do with black right baleen so i asked my mom mom like where can we get baleen from because she's my role model and my guidance and so i went to her and she said well i know this jeweler in a clavic and she contacted him and asked him where we can get baleen. And then a whole baleen was sent to me. And then I went through that no time. So I was trying to find more baleen. After a while, like people were asking for different materials. Well, do you have this in walrus ivory? And so I found walrus ivory and I explored that. Now I work with Walrus ivory, muskox, horn, baleen, caribou antler, and now mammoth ivory. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yes. Mammoth ivory still exists. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's different wow. to work with compared to all the other materials, but it's a lot of fun for sure. Wow. So the textures are obviously different. Which do you prefer? Which, which um, material? Do you prefer to work on? They're all really fun to work with, but because muskox horn has so much different grains, you can get so many different styles out of it. I think that's my favorite one to work with. You also mentioned that you carve miniatures. Is the market huge for miniature carvings? I would say so, yes, because I just did okay. three Christmas markets in Calgary, Banff, and Edmonton just recently. And I had a whole mm -hmm. bunch of two-inch Inukshuks, and those all just flew off the shelf, and like everybody just fitted in your purse. 
So, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. had tiny little carvings that I do from my online courses. They sold really fast and they were really popular more so than the big ones. I don't think people had the um, money to take the big ones. What are these online courses? I am teaching online with this company. They connect me to communities across Canada and remote areas. And I've taught all across Canada. So BC, Alberta, Manitoba, Ontario, all the territories, kindergarten Mm -hmm. to grade 12. Now, speaking of schools, you went to school in Alberta uh, where you found your honey. And you mentioned your two beautiful daughters, nine and seven, and now you've settled. Um, how do you how you pronounce then the community where you settled in? Ericana. It's Ericana. northeast mm-hmm. of Calgary. Okay. And so having a studio there, what's life like for you in Ericana, Alberta? <laughs> We just started like since COVID ended, like we feel more um, wanting to connect with people and our neighbors wanted to do a barbecue for the community or the street. So our whole street got together and we did a barbecue and we feel more comfortable saying hi or talking to and now we're having game nights and Christmas parties and it really feels more at home now since she invited us for the barbecue so we're Mm -hmm. making a lot of more friends since COVID for sure. Do you get homesick sometimes Priscilla? For the culture like I miss going fishing, camping, skidooing and swimming in the ocean. seeing all the Mm -hmm. wildlife it's definitely got its ups and downs of course and Mm -hmm. speaking of I wanted to um, pick your brain about non-Inuit who present Inuit art as inspired because I came across something recently and I wanted to know what Inuit thought of that of, of non-Inuit uh, being inspired by Inuit art because when you look at them you can't tell that a non-Inuit um, yeah. made the art yeah how does that feel for someone like you who makes Inuit art as an Inuit look for a living no it's really not fair for us as carvers I think it should be kept as a tradition like I'm teaching my daughters I was taught from my family but I grew up with Uh, some people in our community that aren't Inuit and they were carving but since I made my company I'm setting my own rules and I've had somebody come to me that's not Inuk wanting me to sell their work and I just told them no like my company is for Inuk artists and I'm gonna keep it that way and I really don't Mm -hmm. want to confuse people more than it already is Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your two daughters who are also learning from your experience. That's uh, how are how are they with it? Is this what they what they want to do? Perhaps. <laughs> so my oldest one, she made eight inukshuks for the Christmas markets, and they sold really okay. fast. And she sees the way it's working for me. She's really mm-hmm. wanted to make more for the next market and next market but it didn't uh, work out she needed more time <laughs> but the youngest one she uh, is proud to be in a, and she's 
teaching everybody my mom is from tech <laughs> so she's got <laughs> Love that it. pride but she just doesn't have the patience to carve yet she'll start mm -hmm. a project and then she'll say no i'm done <laughs> oh that's so cute how do you see inuit art and culture evolving if so um to your to their generation so it already evolved with from my mom's generation to me and then I'm working with different materials and different styles. And my mom said, your style is so much different than mine. And I'm trying to figure out what she means yet. I don't, there's still so, because there's some carvings that I do that have the gracefulness of a beluga whale swimming. And I guess she didn't do that kind of style yet. My daughters are growing up with their father too. Their father is a woodworker. So maybe that okay. will intertwine with each other somehow. <laughs> I really had so much fun talking with you today, Priscilla. If there are people back home or around the world you want to say hi to, um, here's your moment. <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> I'll make you proud. And I don't know who awesome. else. My husband, he was really supportive. Uh -huh. I told him, wish me luck on my way to interview. And he said, babe, you don't need luck. You already won. Congratulations again to you, Priscilla. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. Likewise. Today, my guest was carver Priscilla Boulay. She's originally from Tuktuyaktuk over in the Inuvialuit settlement region. I'm Madan Alakirelek Nakukmik. Thank you for listening to this special podcast featuring the ICC Inuit Artist of the Month. We hope you enjoyed listening to Unika Circumpolar Waves an ICC podcast.